Hello, and welcome to Clever Conversations. I'm your host, The Clever Bitch, but you can call me B. If your day has got you down and you have zero fucks left to give, well, then you are in the right place. So sit back, unless, of course, you're driving, then pay the fuck attention, or listen while you're getting the dishes done, whatever floats your boat, and let's get this party started. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're joining us today. I have a very special guest. Her name is Kathy Dirksen. And I want to tell you, like, this is something we all need in this new year. So I think that having her on today is going to be really, really helpful for all of those New Year's goals that you've probably slid on and aren't doing anymore. But I'm here to tell you, I have a solution for you. Kathy is a four-time Amazon number one best-selling author, coach, and a mentor whose career is dedicated to helping women tap into their own greatness. She believes that we owe it to ourselves and each other to create lives that fill us with genuine joy. Her mission is to create a cycle of wealth and success among women around the world. And we all need that. Welcome, Kathy. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Um, do you feel like, I, I mean, I don't really make res resolutions anymore. It's not my thing. But do you feel like people make a lot of resolutions that they can't stick to? Do you, do you have that? Does that ever happen to you? Oh, definitely. And I do find that I think it's becoming less and less that people are making New Year's resolutions. And I think that's why after all these years, most people have come to the realization that we make resolutions and we don't follow through and then we beat ourselves up for the rest of the year because we didn't do what we said we would do. <laughs> right? I know it's happened to me many, many times and I stopped doing it like this. I think maybe it was even this year that I just said, ah, to hell with that. Like if I'm not working on my stuff and what I want to do all the time. So it's not like I don't need to wait for the new year to like get it to find the improvement. So I've been doing things and learning and, and trying to improve myself throughout the year. So which is why I was so happy to have you on because by the time this airs, I have a feeling that a lot of people have already lost those resolutions and they're feeling a little depressed and hopeless. Like, what am I now? What am I supposed to do? Because I can't do this. And you have a lot of real answers when it comes to helping women find wealth and success in their lives. Um, what are some of the things that we can do to find these things? What are some of the things that you offer? Well, first, I think we need to kind of look at what wealth and success mean to us. And I think those are two words that mean different things to different people. And so it's really important to kind of clarify for ourselves what that looks like and what we think that is. I mean, when we say wealth, we often think just the dollars and how much do I have and, and that sort of thing. But then we also have to remember and just sort of incorporate the idea as well that wealth also includes our health, our family, our social lives, the situation we live in. So it's all kind of part of a package. And then looking at success, success is another one of those words that could mean different things to all of us. So for some re people, that could mean, okay, I'm to be successful, I need to get a PhD, I need to get a job that pays me 200,000 a year, and then I need to have the perfect spouse and we live happily ever after. And then to other people, success might mean, okay, I'm getting out of bed in the morning, I'm 
moving forward. I'm doing some self-care. I'm looking after today and that's building onto tomorrow. And so I, I always like to really focus on success as moving in the right direction. Kind of that, that feeling that I'm doing what's on track for me that it's not all about those bigger things that somebody else has put on me. And I think that's a, another part of it. I focus a lot on women in midlife and, and many of us have spent years doing things for other people, looking after other people, following the path we were told we were supposed to follow. And then we get to midlife and we realize, okay, this, this is not what I chose. This is not what my dream was. And, and both from wealth and success, both of those things, we often get to 50 years old and go, okay, this, this is not what I had in mind for myself. And so it's a really critical time to really stop and, again, identify what does this mean for me? What are my big dreams? What, what would wealth even mean to me? Does wealth mean I need to have a million dollar home and I need to have a beach house and I need to, you know, have a fancy car or does wealth mean, no, I've paid all my bills. I'm working on getting set up and I'm in control of my money right now. So, so it is really important to make sure that we look at our own definitions of those things and don't let ourselves get lost in kind of our society's vision of what we're supposed to be doing or what this is supposed to mean for us as an individual. So that's always the first thing that I like to steer people back to. So what you're saying is I added, a, I asked a really loaded question. Is that what you're trying to <laughs> yes. tell me? I was like, I thought that was the, I thought like, I'm going to start off so easy. And it was like, maybe not, maybe it wasn't the easiest question to start with. No, but I do agree with you. Like, when you say like a million dollar home and a fancy car and like the things that go through my head is I don't want to clean it and I don't want to pay for insurance or repairs. So like to me, that wouldn't be wealth. Like, you know what I mean? Like to wealth to me, this is what I tell people. If I won the lottery, there's two things I would do. Like I would do a lot of things with it, but the two like biggest splurges on myself, I never want to wear the same pair of socks again. <laughs> right? I want to have a brand. Now, listen, I'm not kidding. There is something about wearing a brand new pair of socks, right? They feel good. They look great. There's no little stains or whatever. They're just, they feel great on your feet. I never want to wear the same pair twice. And that's my first splurge. My second splurge is I want fresh cut flowers in my house every week because that's something I would never pay. Like that is a splurge to me, something I would never pay money for. I would never it's, it's completely unnecessary. The Dollar Tree sells fake ones. I can make a vase with that, right? So I don't need it. So to me, like that would be a wealth thing. Sure. I'd love to be highly successful and buy my first Rolex, right? Because that like does signify something. I already have a Birkin, so I'm okay with that. But I, I want to have but those things, like the simple things, like, so that to me is wealth, like new socks. I know it's silly, but like, like, I don't want to have to find the two that match. Like, I don't want to do that. Right? We well, I that. can connect with your, your sock thing. I mean, having a puppy in the house, her thing was always socks. So many right. of my socks, even though they are relatively new, have holes in them from the puppy chewing, <laughs> attacking my feet. <laughs> That's what they do. 
<laughs> and they take them off and they hide them. And then you find like 20 of them underneath like the couch when you go to move furniture around the next time or something. Right. I know I'm the same way. So there's a, definitely many different different definitions of wealth and success. And I think a lot of, especially, you know, my listeners um, are kind of, they've already had kids, they've done the marriage thing, kids, you know, and they probably have put like careers or dreams on hold or things that they, you know, they had planned and then other things came along and they've now kind of are like, well, you know, like my kids are all out of the house now. I can pretty much do what I want to do, which is why I got into podcasting because it's something I love to do. So I think they're struggling to find. So how do I do this? How, how do I, what are some actionable steps I can take to start figuring out what it is I want to do and how do I do it? Exactly. And I think too, I mean, you mentioned a very, big thing right now with the so many women in our age group are finding themselves divorced. And especially over the last few years with all the stress from COVID, the numbers have just gone through the roof of marriages falling apart and people finding themselves on their own. And so many women, and of course, I mean, anytime you're in a, a couple situation, it tends that one person will take on certain tasks, the other will take on certain tasks. And it is still pretty common that the male will take on the financial side, especially the big things like your investments and your savings and those sorts of things. So I've found so often that women end up on their own in their 50s, in their 60s, and they've never really dealt with the money. They've never been the one who made those decisions, who understood what kind of savings do I have? Where have I put my money and why did I put it there? And even things to do with your mortgage and credit cards and how do I pay down my debts and what debts might be considered good versus those that aren't good. So I think one of the huge things that I've really found, quite often women will hold themselves back about dealing with money. I mean, I think part of it does stem back to our childhoods with that whole, the old thing about, oh, girls aren't good with money or numbers or math and, you know, that sort of thing. And so I, I, I find that women do find it intimidating quite often. And that's, again, especially if they haven't dealt with it for many years and suddenly, you know, in the midst of the trauma of going through a divorce and all the other moving parts and then having to recognize, okay, now I need to figure this out and they need to work it, make it work for me going forward. So that's where I find a huge part is for women and, and their money is that first part of just allowing themselves to relax and step into learning what they have, why they've got it, what they need to know next. And the next part I find quite often women don't like to ask questions especially around money. And part of that is that the financial industry has been very male dominated. And quite often they find themselves sitting with a financial advisor who's a, say a, a young guy in his thirties that doesn't understand her life situation, doesn't understand what she's going through, doesn't really connect with her and her goals. And so again, feels like, okay, there's no point in my asking questions or I feel silly asking these questions. So, so that's the other thing, really making sure that you find someone who you feel comfortable asking questions, someone that you find explains things in a way that you are able to absorb. And again, that you don't get sort of in that panic 
and that you're just able to relax and say, okay, I understand this, what's next? And kind of take it in bits and pieces. It's definitely one of those things that can be very overwhelming when we allow it to be. So just giving ourselves that space, giving ourselves that permission to ask questions, look at it bit by bit. And, and though I think a huge part is that first part I mentioned, though, finding that right person, finding someone that you really feel hears what you're saying and, and is able to connect with you on what you're trying to accomplish. And, and even like you were saying too, about what your kind of vision of wealth is and your ideal kind of what you would do if you won those million dollars. And for a lot of people, they might not connect with that and they might just think you're joking or that, that this is, you know, and they'll just brush it off. Like, Oh no, that's, you want to be doing this. It's like, no, I want to be doing what I just said. And so, you know, making sure that you are being heard and that your vision of where you're going makes it into your planning. Absolutely. Now, here's, I'm going to relate it to this because I think this is, as you can see, the viewers can't, but I have a lot of tattoos, right? And to find the right tattoo artist, you really have to have a sit down and talk to them. And you want them to be able to put onto paper what your vision is without putting their, their vision into it. You know what I mean? Because in the end, when you say goodbye, it's your tattoo that you live with, not theirs. You know what I mean? So you want to make sure that what you're getting permanent ink or financial advice for planning your future is personalized to what you want. Um, and you have to feel comfortable with that person. They have to be willing because some will be like, no, you should do it this way and you have to do this. And that that's how I can relate it to the way that my, the world that I'm in is like just finding that right person that you connect with that can see what your vision is, make it important and give you what the solution and what you want. So, and you just hit on a really important part too, is that you need to be clear with what your vision is. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I've I've been a professional financial planner for about 10 years working in the corporate world and just recognize that it that style of doing things doesn't really allow for that that dreaming and that visioning and that really creating that it that that typical professional financial situation you're really walking in and they just want to jump into numbers right away. Whereas now that I've left that setting, I've started my own business my, with my focus being to start more at the beginning, more at that part of, okay, what is your vision? Because until you've really solidified what you want, the numbers don't mean anything. Correct. And so with, with the work I'm doing now, I'm able to take that time and walk with women through that really imagining and that dreaming and that, okay, what does this really look like? And I find, you know, again, that we've gotten to the point that we, many of us don't give ourselves permission to dream, to actually think, what do I want? And so, so that's such a huge part of it is that part before the numbers, before any of the money conversation, but really, holding on and building your vision of what this is going to look like. And then the numbers come at the end of, okay, how are we going to make this work? What is this going to look like when we put it all together? But it's, but really 
just having your vision, holding on to your vision and working with that is such a critical part. So I have a lot of listeners who, and they're friends of mine and people that I've had conversations with. And this is something that I find it is a common thread. They have a vision. They know what they, they, they pretty much know what they want, but they don't, they're like, but I have pennies. Like I am barely like, maybe I'm in a relationship and if I went on my own, I could, I'm not even sure I could support myself, let alone plan financial stuff. And like that, like, so that's one of the barriers I feel like they're facing immediately. So they're not even ready to take, they may like, I know what I want, but I don't have any clue how to get there. What a, I have pennies. I literally am digging in my sofa for pennies and nickels and dimes so I can put some gas in my car. Why, why would I need a financial? Why would I need any financial advice right now? Because I don't have anything to start with. What do you say to those? That's like so many people. That's like half my friends. I'll be like, that's me. What do I do? How do I even start? Yes, exactly. And I mean, that, that's, a, that's a reality for so many people right now. And that kind of comes down to a couple things. One thing is that we always have to start where we're at. So years can go by. And if we just keep saying that, oh, well, I'm not ready to start, then you'll never start. And really one of the only ways to both pay down debt and to build savings is to create a regular routine. So even if you've got maybe $5 a month that you can spare get that set up into some kind of regular saving system that just automatically gets put away, whether it's your retirement savings or just a rainy day savings, but having it regularly go in there automatically. So not that you're consciously logging in and moving it, but that you've got it set up that it is automatically taken from your bank account over to your savings program so that you're not thinking about it, you're not seeing it, it just happens. And same thing with like credit card debt and other things to have those also set up with an automatic payment that you're not thinking about. It just happens and just goes. And we're often shocked at what we can accomplish, even with little things like that. Whereas, like I said, if we just keep going, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I can't. Then we don't. And then we just end up in situations that we aren't happy about. I think a lot of them have been like, they're afraid to even, they, they're like, I don't even need, I'm not even going to bother because I have nothing. And you're saying, hey, $5, like $5 is doable. Like it's, it's actually something that you can, you can use five bucks and it's that habit. And it's that at learning that I think that they need to get in. But even don't be scared to start trying when it's, even if that's all you have, $2, $5, $10, whatever. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back is they just are like, well, what am I working with here? Nothing. Like, well, and part of the other side of it, which again is a whole side of the conversation that working in a corporate setting, I was never able to really even go into, is the whole thing about our mindset around money and our relationship with money. And for many of us, that's actually the key to what's holding us back from moving out of where we're stuck is that we do have those messages in our head, like I'm always broke, single moms can't make it, I'm, it's always a struggle. Like even just messages like that, that we are often constantly reminding ourselves and drilling back into our heads 
are actually part of the problem or a big part of where our set point is with our money, with our savings, with our income and those things as well. And the other side is our relationship with money is that we don't realize that we actually have like an, an energy between us, between us and money that we have different things. And again, most of it comes back to messaging we got from our family, how our family dealt with money and those messages actually go back generations because, you know, the, the grandparents had a certain way of dealing with things and talking about things. And that's where your parents got their information. And that's where you got your information. And now that's how your kids have got their information. And so it's really become, you know, it becomes that, that thread of that emotional connection with money and, and your limiting beliefs around what you can accomplish as an individual with money. So just kind of becoming aware of that and listening to those messages that come into your head about how you are dealing with money. And it's actually quite shocking when you actually stop and listen to the messages because on one hand, we do tend to get into, well, it's the truth. So why wouldn't I just listen to it? And it's like, well, but then there's the other side of, okay, well, let's, do something to switch up that messaging and to look for ways of making things different of, you know, again, getting back to habits that are different, an approach to something that's different, our response to things that are different. So, so that's, you know, one of the, a big part of why I did leave corporate so that I can now not just talk about the numbers, not just talk about the vision, but talk about those other things that what is blocking you, what is stopping you, what what's getting in the way from you changing the situation you're in. I think a lot of them, and just like I said, from the people I've talked to, they just don't feel like they have anything to work with. So they're not even like, they don't even know where to start. So they just don't, I think not having, and, and the ones, and the things that they have seen, at least the things that I have seen over time. And, um, they're always like, they want, they want you to start this financial planning and put money aside. And they start with these big, huge numbers. And you're like, man, if I had that kind of money, I would be where I'm at right now. Right. Like, so like, you're not going to help me because you want me up here and I'm, I'm at the change in my couch kind of situation. So I don't think I, but you're saying, no, it's, it's, it's for, if you're looking for changing your couch, I can still help you and I can still guide you and get you to the dreams that you have. And that I think is a big deal. I don't think, I think there's, we're just scared. Well, that's a big part of it too. And, and I find that even women that, that do have, you know, steady incomes and perhaps own their home, even they are often worried and feel that they don't have enough and they're, they can't get by. And they say that pretty much one of the, in general, women's biggest worry is that they're going to end up as a bag lady. You know, again, even women that have millions of dollars and are very well off and secure have that worry that, okay, this could happen, that could happen, and I'll end up like that. So it, it, it is amazing how we do have so many messages in our heads that are holding us back and pulling us in different directions. So that's why so much of my work now is really focusing on that, those parts around your mindset and your goals and your 
you know, again, giving yourself permission to think that things could be different. And what if, what if they were different? And what if I did this differently or approach this differently? And just allowing ourselves to think outside of the way we've been thinking for the last few years. And, and I think you're right too, that so many women stay in relationships that they're not happy with and maybe not even safe in because of their worry about money. And sometimes just by sitting down and having that conversation with someone that can really listen to what you're saying, present things in a very clear way, can sometimes just help you to see that you are okay. Here's some of your options. Perhaps here's some other resources that might be available to you. And just, I mean, that's one of my biggest concerns is, you know, these women that are staying in unsafe situations or are just staying in that stuck situation because they feel like they're not able to do things differently. They're hopeless. Yeah. They're pretty hopeless. Yeah, hope is that's, a big part. Yes. That's the biggest thing. They're hopeless because without the tools that they need and the, it's, and the tools that I'm talking about are information you know, guidance and information, like you said, resources, without those things, they have no hope, they have no clear path, clear vision. And it's too big of an undertaking, because most have children, they have to support, you know, they have to think about all these different things that that is more than them just going and picking up and leaving, right? You know, because there's a lot to that. And they have responsibilities and they have the pressure of being the mom and having these children to take care of. And they just don't have that hope. And the small things they can do are possible to get to the bigger goal down the road. So how do we prioritize? How do we plan and prioritize for this? What do we, where do we begin? What do we do? Well, I, one of the things I often like to take my clients through when I'm doing just a regular kind of financial planning routine is to actually write down everything you're spending money on. And actually you have it in front of you in writing and like get out your credit card statement and really see what exactly did I spend my money on? Because that's one of the things too, that these days it's so easy to spend money. We spend money online, we pop into the coffee shop, we, you know, we go here, we go there on our cell phone, we can do all sorts of things, click, 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 done. And half the time, we're not even aware of what we're spending our money on, we just automatically do it. And I mean, one of my favorites is, of course, Starbucks, people that insist that they need their Starbucks every day. And so oh, you're yeah. looking at five to $10 a day in a lot of cases that you're spending on Starbucks. Well, you think about it, you're spending $10 a day. That's could be $300 a month that you're spending on a coffee habit. And then saying you've got no money to save for anything or that you can't afford to, you know, get those new socks. <laughs> right. And yet you're spending $300 a month on coffee. So I know people like that. Trust me. They're like Starbucks fanatics. Now I can't have coffee anymore. It's not not on my cardiology kind of diet thing that I'm on. So, but I was never one. I'll tell them a secret too. They can take the money and they can start saving it. And then you can go to Walmart and they have one of those little, you know, those little blender things, those little cup blenders. It just puts it all in a cup. Walmart has their own brand for $10. 
And then you just mix your own and you put it in there and you could even have a frappe or whatever latte thing that you want. See, I have solutions on that. I'm not good. I'm not good with math, but I know how to get a deal and a discount. <laughs> That's, you, you send me into Macy's and tell me I got 25% off and I know exactly what I'm paying. <laughs> or, or even when you think, you know, obviously self-care is very important and we're getting our hair done or your nails or something like that. I mean, quite often people will go spend hundreds of dollars a month on their nails. And again, but have no money to save for a rainy day or to save for their retirement. It's like, at some point you do have to kind of weigh those things and say, okay, you might love having your nails done, but is that more important? And could you do that less often? Could you maybe do it in a way that's not quite as expensive as the way you've been doing it? Or, you know, looking at different options. And the online shopping I find for a lot of people is a huge thing they get caught in as well because yes. again it is so easy I know my my daughter sometimes she'll be you know you can't sleep it's midnight and you start flipping around on your phone and next thing you know you've bought yourself another pair of pants and a new jacket and it's like okay stop it <laughs> I'm guilty I know I just bought a I just bought a scarf the other day for that I shouldn't have that I was like oh but it's so pretty I gotta have it right but yeah and then we all kind of went online shopping, didn't we, with COVID? So now we're even more used to it. Now it's like the easy, you can do, you can online shop pretty much everywhere. And the whole thing of ordering food too has become a big thing. So people will just get the, you know, oh, I'll just click a few buttons here and somebody will bring me my my hamburger or my pizza or my whatever's for lunch or for dinner or even breakfast. And next thing you know, again, you've spent $50 a day ordering food that oh maybe you should have just made something at home and brought that with you so so simple things like that are definitely key things about actually saving and putting money aside and uh, so writing it down having it in front of you so that you really have to take ownership of how you're spending your money i don't want to do that but i should do that yeah i agree i agree that, yeah, you have to write it down. And then, you know, see, it's just like when you're doing it, talking about a diet too, like you're supposed to write down what you eat all day. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I did have that whole bag of potato chips or something, you know, and you, you don't really realize it at first until you write it down and see it on paper. And then it's, then it's undeniable. And then you're looking at it going, oh, did I really do that? Or you take it a total at the end, you know, I can see where I spend a lot of the money. Um, when I look, when I just start looking through my checking account and seeing how, where was I, my card used? And they actually do, don't they have apps now too, where you can actually break down, like you spent so much money on gasoline and purchases here and there. And so you can actually start looking at that. A lot of the credit card companies, like the banks that the credit cards are connected with, a lot of them have software like that now on their website where it will break it down for you. What kinds of things you've been spending your money on and where you might make some savings. Right. I think I should do one of those, like one of those things when they open it up and I'll, they'll have my voice going, Hey, idiot, you, you spent, spent too much, much at Starbucks, Starbucks. <laughs> cut back or something. There's a little message that goes off or something, a little alarm that would triggers if you've spent too much somewhere and you'll hear my voice yelling at you, telling you, stop it. Yes. Well, and I think one of the other things that we have to kind of consider is 
kind of the attitude that we've developed as a culture around that immediate gratification, that reward that, oh, I deserve this. I deserve this special coffee because it's been a hard day or I work, you know, I, I did this and this, so I deserve to spend and this brand new $400 jacket and that, that feeling that I deserve this right now. And yes, I agree that it is important to reward ourselves. It is important to feel that we've got accomplishments and to celebrate them. But then we also have to stop and weigh those two things that yes, you've worked hard, but did you work hard so that down the road you could buy that new car or that you could, you know, eventually buy your own home or look after yourself in retirement? Or did you just work hard so you could have a coffee right now? So kind of making that shift between living for today and saving for tomorrow is we, we have to find that balance between doing what I want to do right now and planning down the road. And I think, again, that's, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the marketing and things that we're surrounded by all the time that are telling us, oh, you deserve this. You need this. Go get this. So you'll feel so much better when you've got this. And, and I mean, that's what marketing is all about, right? That, oh, come on, come on, get it now. So right? we're surrounded by that all the time. And so it oh, really yeah. is reinforcing that instant gratification, that instant, I need it now. Whereas we have to really stop ourselves. And I guess it's almost like you think about training a dog that, you know, they want to, they want everything right now. Give me that treat right now. I want to go outside right now. And we have to train them to know you need to be patient. You need to sit, you need to stay, you need to wait, but we don't train ourselves the same way. You know, we don't stop ourselves and think about that. Okay. Do I need this right now? Or should I put that $5, you know, towards that savings? And I think people would be shocked if they did, like we said, write it down exactly where you're spending your money star beside those things that you really don't think you really need every day or as often and actually put that cash in a jar or put it away somewhere. And I think you'd be shocked at by the end of the month, how much money's in that jar. I think, and, and we did that as kids. Do you, I remember doing that as a kid. Remember we would save, we get like a dollar twenty. Okay. I'm really dating myself here. Dollar 25 a week, which was like back then a huge amount or maybe $5 a week or whatever it was. And we would save that and we would save that because we had our eye on something and we knew if we didn't go to the candy shop that week and we started saving that little, the pennies, it didn't matter how much it was. We were just excited to have something to save. And then we would save up for something. We were really excited to get it. And that was the reward, but it wasn't instant. It wasn't this instant gratification that we're, we're so prone to nowadays because we are bombarded by things constantly telling us you need it and you need it right now. Don't miss out that FOMO, fear of missing out thing. So we're like, got to have it, got to have it. But really, and, and we don't need to reward ourselves all the time either. Like, honestly, like you did a few things this week. Great. Good for you. Pat on the back, feel proud of yourself. That's enough. And then maybe at the end of something, a little bit bigger that you've worked for, or maybe when you've hit that savings account amount that you want to have saved, that you take the next $10 or $50 or whatever it is, and you get yourself a little something. That's right. right? That's when you get your socks and flowers. 
That, right. Well, no, I'm waiting. See, that's a, see, that's a lottery. <laughs> that's like a million dollar thing. Like that's like, I don't even think I could justify that. Like throwing a brand new pair of socks out after I've worn them one time. Like, who does that? But if money was no object, like I wouldn't buy the big, I would buy house, but I probably wouldn't buy the big, big house. Like, cause I don't want to clean it or hire someone to do it. I just want to, you know, I don't need those. Are the, I'm not one of those materialistic. I don't need huge things. I do like some things. I, I do like my purses. I have to say that's my weakness, but, um, I definitely don't need the, the fancy schmancy car and all the other stuff. Right. Cause I want a car that runs and drives. I don't want to be in the shop. And doesn't have a ton of rust on it. I live in Minnesota, so we all drive crappy cars out here anyway in the wintertime. So it doesn't really matter because, you know, that's just the way it is. We're a little, you know, it's Minnesota. There's so much salt in the roads, it eats through everything. Who wants to drive their nice car on that? So, all right. So before we run out of time, because I know we're running late on this already, but you have a lot of programs that are for the person with the couch change. Let's talk to the, the talk to the couch change people because you do have some amazing things to get them started. It's not beyond their reach. What 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 do you, what can they find when they come to see your website? Yeah, so I've got um, a couple of free things. So I've got my free consultation. So that gives us an hour to get together, and and that's where we kind of sit down and really have that conversation about what your dreams and your goals are and get you started. And with that, we can actually set up a, I call it a roadmap, sort of a plan of, okay, how can you move forward? What are the next steps? How can you actually make a big change here? So that's a, that's a huge part. I'm actually right now in the middle of putting together a new program that will be on my freebie list as well and i'm actually calling it snap out of it and just because i find so many of us are stuck in a rut and especially right now with the whole covid thing and life has become a blur that that we're kind of just treading water Mm -hmm. right so so with that program i'll be doing a few different videos so you'll have access to that and the focus being on that kind of reminding ourselves what our goals were and and then again starting on that path what are the things to do to get out of this feeling like i'm just going in circles and start moving forward and again whether that's focused on money or whether that's focused on other kinds of again your vision of success you know is what you're doing right now what it excites you and inspires you or is Again, are you just treading water and doing things that you've done every day because that's what you do, but you're feeling frustrated and annoyed and just, you know, that there's more to life than what you've been doing. So, so that's what I'm working on right now. So that will be out in the next week or so. So probably by the time the podcast goes out, that should be ready to add to the the notes. So that's cool. Absolutely, and, and then, yeah, and then on, after that, then I've got a few programs that are, I've got a one-month program, a three-month program, and a six-month program. And in those, we, we get deeper. So we, we really dig into what your big dreams are, what's getting in your way, and how do we get you moving in that direction. With the one month, I mean, you can, you can make some good progress in one month, getting yourself out of that rut and moving towards what you actually want to be going on in your life. But I find the three months and then the six months is what really brings, like solidifies that new direction and that new level of success. And, 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 and again, so much of it is 
messaging that's been drilled into us for so long that breaking out of those routines and breaking out of that way of thinking about our limitations and what does success mean and and what do you really want can take a little longer so that's what they the, the three and six month programs really kind of get you really going and really creating that new lifestyle and whether it's a, a different way of saving and spending whether it's other kinds of success that you're working towards i mean maybe you're wanting to go back to school maybe you're starting a business maybe it's just a new hobby that you know something you always wanted to do that you really love to do but you haven't been doing because you've just been doing life so i i call a lot of my programs reignite your life because again i find that so many of us have just kind of gotten stuck so we, we are stuck. To, we need to yeah. light that spark and just get back at it. <laughs> I agree. I love all of these things. I love that you make it accessible in different, many different ways. Um, I highly encourage people to take you up on your personalized roadmap to reignite your life. It's a free assessment and it's on your website. And I'm going to put the link to all of this in the show notes. I'm also going to have it on my cleverconversationspodcast.com website. So you can click on that. Uh, I'd love freebies and I know you have them on there as well. So wherever you are in life, if this is something and you've got couch change or wherever you are, you have a dream, you want to start a business, you want to get your life turned around and move in a direction that, that blesses you and, and promotes, you know, propels you forward. This is amazing. This is the things. And it's to find someone like you that can help all of these different people. Um, that's super special because I haven't seen that before. I haven't seen it with people because usually, like I say, they start you at this ridiculous amount and you really can't do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you come in and it's like, no, anyone can do this. I can help you. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. It has been fun. It went really fast. And I know there's lots of info. So please go to Inspire Tenacity so you can see more uh, and learn more and find all of Kathy's programs. And I, like I said, I will have it in the show notes. Thanks for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you all for joining me today. I hope you've had as much fun as I did and learned a few things along the way. For more information, you can check the links in the description of this podcast. I'll be back next week with more joy, love, and laughter. Until then, I would be honored if you gave me a like and if you're so inclined to follow. Thanks again for listening. And remember, find some joy and laughter today. Ciao. Even though I'm scared, you'll break my heart. You know that I loved you from the start. Right from the start. Right from the start.